1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
2: You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby.
3: And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined by Ian Morris and Damon Beasley. They're the co-creators of a new sitcom, football sitcom, called The First Team, which is on the BBC uh tonight's bbc 2 nine thirty, um and uh, they also create the in between us so we had a chat with them they were on good form ahead of their new show jacob hawley the comedian andy joins yeah, fan.
4: He, yeah good fun telling us what he's been up to in lockdown uh striker i just love striker I, I look forward to it like i look yeah. forward to neighbors it's very exciting uh, some old the clips, clips from yeah 2003 i mean sensational really i'm really enjoying those and uh moose's quiz of course we're grateful to him he comes on every week and gives us it's quite challenging isn't he He puts quite a bit into it so that that was fun as well
3: yeah so uh here it all is i forgot one no no forgot one more person keegan in space oh yes Uh, a new book about kevin keegan coaching in space seriously uh here it all is (laughs) Good afternoon, everyone. Good
4: afternoon, Andy. Yes, yeah, good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. Get it out of the way. I don't like to talk about it too much, you know, the old <laughs> yeah, table tennis achievements, you know. But we did, uh, we did finally after we broke the house record for those joining us. Andy
2: and
3: his wife Sue. As you've been hearing with Perry, with Natalie and Glenn, uh, Andy has been playing table tennis with his wife. She's gone from it's basically couch to five k for table tennis. Couldn't hold the bat. Didn't know what she was doing. He's coached her. He's coached her. It's he like Rocky. He's like Burgess <laughs> Meredith, and he's coached her. <laughs> It's go and, <laughs> and what was the rally? The, 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 you, I mean, you absolutely smashed it last night, didn't you? The yeah, we went from the previous yes. record.
4: Yes, we did. Eight five nine to one thousand one hundred and sixty nine. Oh. That's, That's a tr- tremendous effort. Tremendous. And we, given that we threw in a seven nine eight before then, when I worked it out. We played one thousand nine hundred and sixty seven shots between oh, us wow. with one error. That's not bad, guys. That's good. She'll be ready to take on forest gump soon, won't she? Really. <laughs> by the match. other day it 's true the other day when yeah. we we had two days off after one of the records we thought we needed to get hungry again we couldn 't <laughs> break a hundred off after, after two days we couldn't
3: it 's amazing yeah.
4: how no no we couldn 't break a hundred it 's amazing how much you can see why darts players and snooker players and they all practice every day a yeah. couple of days off it's like you've never done it before it's weird really? right. anyway talking about that we uh, i bought a basketball hoop and <laughs> backboard honestly we ages to assemble it it's right.
3: f- far too big really you've got so it up to in use the use house haven't you it's up in the, it's actually no in no the i house. took
4: i took it outside we, we played outside right. and sue said to me i mean i'm hopeless at basketball i remember doing a basketball video with alan Cunningham uh, for the." top player he was and then Andy Peters and he he tried to teach me and I was useless I mean just and I am reasonably sporting but I just basketball is just something that I can't take to and she, she was really good built at netball, for her, school. I mean, curly, not really I no or I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway we just had a little go outside and uh, uh, suffice it to say she's a lot better than I am which Sue's be a better basketball my...
3: player did you play yeah. netball at school yeah that's oh, it. Well, She's we are, a better
4: shooter, better shooter than I am. So there oh, you go.
3: Okay. What can
4: you do? Anyway, that's by the by. Let's move on. And uh, Chelsea have been... Uh, I love the way it works, actually. Did you see this? Uh, they've been linked with um, Berkey of uh, Borussia Dortmund, Roman Berkey. And I'm thinking, oh, that's that's a bit of a coincidence, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I know. I know why. Because he made a really high-profile mistake the other day. Yeah. And he looks like a dodgy keeper. So let's link him with Chelsea. That'll be good. That'll annoy everybody. <laughs> <It's> brilliant, <laughs> isn't it? They just make it up. They just think... Just come up with it and think, yeah, that's right. There's him. He's in the news. Well, Chelsea—they're fed up with Kepper. So, oh, I know. We'll put the two together. I don't think they'll cut to him holding the be... shirt. <laughs> yeah, it won't be happening. Um, a bloke had a rare double today, Paula. In uh, oh, yeah. he had a text published in the Daily Star and the Sun. The same text. Wow, I've got you, not, about, the, not
3: the not the Daily Star and the Times. Then I thought that that's, no,
4: that's But it's unusual. Double. He calls himself confused.com in the star. He says the Turner Prize cancelled because of COVID-19. What Hmm. am I going to do with this pile of weasel, uh, you can imagine, and strategically placed quail's eggs? And then in the sun, huh? the Turner Prize cancelled because of COVID-19. What am I going to do with this pile of weasel dung and strategically placed quail's eggs? Yeah, same well, he's class, same one. Yeah, he's working the two rooms with his uh, <laughs> weasel dung uh, teleprice material. Yeah. M- Marie Gosney Award there, that is dedication. To be able to yeah, sort of like well think, done. Oh, I can't just send them to one. He probably sends every single one he does to every single
3: paper. It's in, You're probably he, the only person is... in this country who's noticed that, really. It's <laughs> <I laughs> not, great, not great <laughs> notoriety, is it, really? <laughs> and uh, you
4: see, the fact of the day in the Daily Star is... Oh, uh, yeah about barnard castle barnard castle is also the name of a march composer Gough richards wrote it for a local brass band to put the place on the map i thought it oh, was quite interesting isn't it and then i was thinking you know how people always tweet people when they get it wrong you know yeah. they, they tweet the wrong person and abuse them i bet there's people called bernard castle oh yeah really been getting a lot of stick in the last few days uh, uh, many, how many, can he about... let him
3: visit you Many of our listeners in the yeah, that's right. People hitting him on Twitter, Bernard. Why did you let him in? Why did you let him walk around your garden? But a lot of people in the northeast not having, including my old mate Dan Meyer, who I work with on various projects. He, uh, he's not, have, he's not having Castle Bernard, Bernard Castle for people from that part of the world. It's it's not good, is it? People are getting it hopelessly wrong. What is it? Castle it's Barnard, Barnard, C- Barnard Castle, wasn't it?
4: Barnard Castle, yeah, that's yeah. what I thought it was. Yeah, there you go. Hmm. Um, now we did remark the other day that uh, uh, Jose is looking, you know, he's looking a bit white of hair. In the in, he's sort of aged a bit in the yeah. lockdown. I don't know if somebody's given him a Clive Dunn makeover kit. But he's got glasses he was wearing today, <laughs> they don't suit him really. They're quite aging. So we've got Paul Jiggins coming. on, We'll, we'll ask him about that. But I noticed. Firmino, a picture of him. He looks like he's aged. He looks about 50. I don't know what's happened to him. Obviously, well, he's not been able to
3: get a haircut. <laughs> he's observing the, uh, all the, the strict rules, of course. Well, that's and, probably
2: true, yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. See,
3: Eddie, talking
4: of social distancing, Eddie Hearn is planning a, you may have read this, a big dinner show, uh, possibly even Anthony Joshua against Pulev at the Royal Albert Hall. But the idea is that he basically put on like a. Use the Albert Hall to get a thousand people and have a mm. proper sort of like. But I still think that's going to be difficult, isn't it? Because how, how many people can you get on a table if you're going to have two meter distance? You can only really get three people on a big table. You maybe have them, four
3: it? people on the table mm. in a big, on a big. Yeah, you can probably get four get people, a th-
4: thousand people in there. Anyway, he's, he's done all the work and he thinks he oh, can. It's do a big it room. And, uh, I think it's a big oh, room. Yeah. If
3: you had four people on a table, you could probably do it.
4: It'd be quite special, wouldn't it? It'd be you know, it'd obviously, be expensive to go
3: because yeah. you
4: know for the numbers and everything. But wouldn't be, quite be a cheap a, night. A, no, it'd be quite an evening, though. I think quite quite good. So I mean, you uh, used to I, go I to those,
3: didn't you? You sit there with a big stogie on, and I mean, oh, you yeah. know, these, these poor boxers—the amount of passive smoke in there to deal with—they they have these <laughs> nights, the <they're> fogg <laughs> of cigar smoke as all these people it's would true. sit there in dinner jackets while these it boxers did their thing. It was Anglo- <laughs> Not for the Ameri- boxers. No, it wasn't great for the boxers. It was called the
4: Anglo-American Sporting Club. It was at the London oh. Hilton. It was a black tie do, Harry Gibbs do. you? Uh, I saw um, was it Jimmy Revy in a, in a f- European title fight there. That's yeah. a, but the, uh, the highlight of the year, because they'd meet once a month. So there'd be a boxing program. There'd be a guest of honor. I met Muhammad Ali there. Really? Wow. But the, the highlight of the year was the yeah. stable lads boxing. The right. jo- like little jockeys, and they come in. Sort of well yeah, not as up. opposed to the big ones. <laughs> But it was uh, yeah, it was quite. I suppose it was a bit unedifying, really, watching little fellas beat them up as blokes. Well, no, you know, c- not really. I mean, they're just
3: they're jockeys It's a jockey tear up, wasn't it? I mean, we know they they they're yeah. tough. They're made of yeah. sort of tough stuff, <laughs> aren't they? The jockeys. So yeah, that's true. Um, What's a what, what punch cra- in the face? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grant, <laughs> you've come off a horse at forty <laughs> odd mile an hour. What is what is a punch in the face from a fellow jockey? Um, yeah, that's true. Got crackpot survey of the day. Thank you for this. Three and four Brits say roast potatoes and gravy are the oh, key yeah. elements of their traditional <laughs> Sunday dinner. No, really, I thought I, th- I normally have roast lamb, <laughs> chips, and beans. Don't you? Although David Beckham probably does, and slings in a bit of
4: coleslaw from what we've read recently. What a point! It is a pointless server then. you think who is who's behind this? Is there, because there's no gravy and potato marketing board, is there? <laughs> so just well, to, there, I, I well there is now. Be. I've just set it up. <laughs> uh, I was probably
3: Andy. Know, one other is, thing, anyway. one other thing that's going to change. When we come back in in the new world, are lavatories? This is uh, this is what they might call the women's revenge.
4: Oh Um, yes, (laughs) no
3: no stand-up jobs. Well, uh, that's what they're saying. They're saying it may spend uh, it may spell the end of the urinal. Um, So it won't be that's right. Won't be able to do that anymore. It'd be much more effective to add gender-neutral cubicles, automatic (laughs) sensors, one-way traffic. Other infection-beating touchless technology, but uh, the old traditional a lining queuing,
4: up. Yeah, big queuing situation that for men. Yeah, well, yeah, well I'm sure women. women have had to put up with. Women all over it the years. country saying, "Yeah, welcome yeah, sure. to our world, mate." <laughs> exactly. the big
3: queuing situation. See yeah,
4: how they, you I like know, it. We experienced this at Edinburgh last year. They changed because Edinburgh's quite a sort of PC place. They changed all the toilets to gender neutral. So right. you, you did, yeah. There were queues, but as you say, the, you know, the only something women have had to put up with for ages. River. Indeed,
5: that's
2: right. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sports Well, let's yeah, crack on true. then. It's Golden
3: years. Uh, we've got uh, we've got, If have dug out a couple of programs from your 25,000 plus collection and we have got to now try and guess the years based on your clues and the listeners, of course, can play along at home. Indeed, the first one is a West Ham program. Right. On
6: the front, okay. is, it costs 30, 35 pence. Wow. Okay. Uh, front cover. Well, that's
3: cheap. That's a while back. That's Frank, not un- that's he, not under Golden Sullivan and Karen Brady. That is it? Not <laughs> that price. No, <laughs> most, uh, most certainly not. Yeah, uh, the front cover
5: has
6: Billy Bonds and Frank Lampard lifting a trophy. So, right. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. That may give give you a bit of a clue. Um, it was the only there the season. It was, it was the season whereby three points for a win had just started. There's a bit in in the programme off from the press. It says. Bobby Robson his quote, is quoted saying, I have a feeling it'll be a case of as you were most of the time. I'd have been more pleased if the three points was for an away win because I think it's more important to have an incentive for the visitors to win the game. Well, the, the visiting team on this occasion to up to part with Brighton Hove Albion. Mike Bailey was their manager. Uh, right. I'll give you a couple of their players. Gary Williams, Don Shanks, Steve Foster uh, and Michael Robinson. And the referee was Lester Shapter. And there was a a good little piece, actually, about the referee. It tells you where he's from, where he's been refereeing. It says here, Mr. Shapter is a police officer and played for the British police team at rugby. His other interests are cross-country running and flat green bowls. I mean, two sports absolutely at the polar opposites.
2: (laughs) Uh, Flat green bowls...
6: (laughs)
4: Program gave you chapter oh. and verse there on the. Oh, chapter uh, the and oh, chapter. Hey.
3: Uh, this is what they want. Really this is sorry. the birthday warming I up for the birthday spread tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I
6: can't. I can't wait for you to teach your wife um, <laughs> cross country running. I, I want to see
4: that one. Anyway, yeah. have you, uh, <laughs> can't teach somebody cross country mo- running. At the moment, <laughs> at the moment, go, at the moment put Su's, those shorts on go and go right. and run. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, anyway, I've got a thing. Have, have, uh, yeah.
6: have you both got an idea? I think I yes. have
3: because you gave us a clue. I'm trying to West Ham trophy years are few few and uh, far between, although yeah. I know I'm okay. a fine one to talk. Now, and, first, hmm. before you give us
6: before you give us the year, yeah. I'm gonna give you a song and just imagine if I played a John Levin song. Imagine there's
2: no heaven.
4: It's not as good as that other other version that woman did the other week, was it? (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember her name. It was terrible, wasn't it? I'm going 1975.
3: Oh, no, I'm going later than that. I'm going um, going 1981. Okay, three points for a win in 1975, Andy. No, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was Michael Robinson at Brighton, um, so that would be early 80s. And, and West Ham won a trophy.
4: Uh, yeah, so I knew I'll, they won in 81. Well, didn't they win the cup in 75, though? Didn't they? Am I going mad? They no. won the cup
6: in 75 and 80. The reason why right. Paul is right... And mm. 1981, it was Saturday, 29th of August, 1981, is Frank Lampard and Billy Bonds were holding off the second division trophy they'd won the previous um, May. So,
5: uh, was
6: yeah, oh, I thought it might have been well, an
3: old... I got it for the wrong reason. I thought it might have been a, an, old, wrong reason, an old yeah. FA I thought you were still milking the FA Cup winner a year on. No, <laughs> no,
6: no, 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 no. <laughs> no okay, well uh, done, you fooled one, me there. Yep. Uh, next one is uh, Forrock FC. Mm. Against Havant and Waterlooville. Wow! Now, it's from the blue. It's from the Blue Square South.
3: Yeah.
6: Um, both teams mm. were uh, 12th and 13th in the table, so it wasn't like it was a big, uh, a big clash. Newport County were in that league, mm. uh, and in the league below, I believe uh, Talkie United were, were in that league below. For the for the, pro- the producer, John Cadogan. Wow. Um There's there's mm. loads of adverts for for local. Um, you know, there's local Costco in there. There's local uh, people that work to make ties, uh, roofing companies. But the reason why, I'm going to mm. give you an extra clue here. The reason why I attended this game and covered it for talk sport, and it may give you an idea to the year, is it wasn't anything to do with Thurrock. It was to do with Havent and Waterlooville and their fullback, Justin Gregory. Now, uh, also in the team was a guy called Jamie Collins, who later went on to play for Sutton against Arsenal. But it surrounded a guy... Justin Gregory, the the right back. If you can remember why he was in the news, you might remember the year, and if you need a clue, musicals, this is the clue. Um...
3: Was it? I'm trying to think. Was it around a cup run for Havant and Waterlooville? <laughs> it was. Yeah, um, I can't think why that player. But well, let, me give, own, let me give you the our story. own Warren Horton. Our former producer wasn't still at Havant and Waterlooville then, was he? wasn't He wasn't on the team. Show. No. What it, okay. what it was?
6: What it was was that Justin Gregory. Was suspended for having a Watford Louisville's next game, which was a cup tie oh, where Liverpool. Liverpool,
3: that's yeah, yeah. I mean, that, and yeah. what
6: what having a Watford Louisville did, which was rather sneaky, which the FA weren't happy about at the time, it was rearranged this game with Thurrock, so that it, it could basically get a suspension out of the way. Not that they were not that they were buying that, by the way. The, the FA oh, okay. said that they weren't buying And just to make matters worse, worse for poor Justin. It was sat next to me at the time. The game was actually abandoned after 24 minutes due to floodlight failure. But oh, what, no. what, was the, gonna... wow.
4: what was the year? Uh, Haven't got an earthly, as they say. Only, I mean, <laughs> it's,
3: it's got to be. I don't that. know. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna going to go. Song. I've got a
4: I guess. I'm going 2007.
3: Go um, I maybe go a little bit later. Um, then I'm going by the song. 2009, 2010, 2009.
6: Thurrock against having and Waterlooville
3: was Wednesday
6: the 23rd of January, 2008. Right oh. in the middle of the post. Excellent oh, guesses. Excellent unlucky. guesses.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only, it's only Bad because luck. of the song. But, I mean, often in a lot of these cases, it's quite hard to believe that song's 12 years old. But, of course, uh, it is. Anyway, so,
4: just what, I just want to say to you, Ian, I'm really looking forward yeah. to when you get back to do a, a press conference with the managers and
3: you take Emu with you. Yeah, you've you found a very cheap-looking emu. Uh, no, I up, it looked up good.
6: No, that was bought. I was bought as a, as a Christmas present about forty odd years ago. I really? Mean, my wife said. My wife said last night. Listen, you know, we've got to get some stuff out of the loft, clear the loft out, and what have you. I said, okay, fine. And she brought out this big box, and then another box. I'm, I'm I've lost interest by this point. Then she suddenly says, "I've got a big suitcase full of your teddies." So I thought, oh, okay, I'll have a look. Let's see if oh. I can remember. Anyway, in, a, in, a, in, amongst, in, a, in amongst all these uh, uh, cute little animals was little emu. And I thought, I'd, hmm. I'd see if people remembered it. Tonight, I'm going to put Nookie Bear up there.
3: I bet he used to line them all up, his teddies, just on a table at the top and fire questions at them. How do you think you played today? Answer the question. Yeah, be a Teddy. Come on, emu. It was never offside. It'd be great. And I've been watching. There was a lovely moment. Uh, your golf challenge in the garden. You got it. You hit. A, you chipped a ball into the bucket, but it went round uh, the, the kind of lip of the bucket and came out. And he said, I, and you were saying, "No, I don't think that counts." And your poor daughters, who have probably been watching you do this every day for uh, two months, are going, "Oh, Absolutely. please let it count. Please let it count, Dad. Please <laughs> that was, let. It, that our, please make that, that it was, that was, stop."
6: That was, that was Amber. She's absolutely... <laughs> if there's one thing in, in lockdown that's really annoyed Amber is that every day about four o'clock at six Amber, did you come and just film my golf <laughs> challenge? And when it went in and out yesterday, the, she was like yeah. on her knees going, I can't believe it's come out. Again. Please, <laughs> please, a please yeah. let it count.
4: I, I, love, I love the fact that you took a like to Amber's bowling and whacked her for six. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> Simon Day. Shot.
3: <laughs> Competitive dead.
4: <laughs> yeah. Go and
3: Go other, and, other, go and fetch it. <laughs> that's the other thing. The other thing
6: in lockdown they're not that happy about is so when I put my pads on to go and do my my one my one gold shot for the today and when it when it went through next door's garden because they've got a fence next door. They, the new neighbours are moving in. It sort looks like. Across between the Amazon and, and some other great big forest. Um, <laughs> other and, forests and are available. available. Do I, <laughs> yeah. Do I do I need to go and get it? I thought I am father, <laughs> your daughter. Absolutely, you need to go and get it. Oh, yeah, bad, really, bad. the
2: Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport.
3: Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport. Now, you may be familiar uh, if you are on Twitter with uh, Galactic Keegan seventy one thousand people. Follow uh, Galactic Keegan. It's uh, Kevin (laughs) uh, continuing his uh, coaching career uh, in space, uh, basically. (laughs) Um, Various musings from most of them just uh, kind of uh, diverting moments and Kevin looking at the game now and and just his thoughts on various things that are going on. It's always very entertaining. But it's now begat a novel uh, and it's uh, it's out today. And uh, the man behind uh, Kevin (laughs) on Twitter and indeed the novel Galactic Keegan, is uh, Scott Ennis, who joins us now. Good afternoon, Scott. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Oh, great pleasure. Congratulations. Mm. Is this your first published work?
7: It is, yeah. Yeah, start with uh, something as strange as possible and go from there, I guess.
3: (laughs) So, How did (laughs) did this idea for taking uh, Kevin Keegan into space sort of begin?
7: Uh, It's actually quite a a boring story, really, because um, it started one afternoon, about five or six years ago, um, I was uh, at work... And um, I just started thinking about just sort of daydreaming a little bit as uh, about 90s football, which is something I do regularly. And um, I started thinking just about how how great that Kevin Keegan side was at Newcastle in the 90s, you know, the entertainers and all of that. And about how it's a shame you never see him anymore, because at that time, I think it had been about six years at that point since his last job, which was the return to Newcastle. And um, I just felt it was a shame that he wasn't around, you know, in terms of on, on involved with football and so on. And I just kind of thought, God, he could be up in outer space for all I know. And that, sort of, <laughs> that, that idea just
4: just stuck. <laughs> it's brilliant. It, funny enough, there was a documentary on him uh, from 1970s they showed last week on telly. And when oh, yeah. you go through and see what this guy achieved, oh, it was yeah. an amazing career, wasn't it? Like you say, the Newcastle team managing England. I mean, he was top as a player, rose to the top as a manager. He, he was Maybe quite a overseas,
3: player, which a lot of players didn't do then, yeah. of course. But, but, European I, Football of the Year for two years running, wasn't he?
4: You know, but I mean, since 2001 you know, really, he's he's really not been in the limelight, has he? So you've, you've brought him back.
7: <laughs> well, I don't think he needs any help from me at all. But, um, <laughs> but no, it, was, it was a case of really just, yeah, I, I kind of, the way I always saw him, particularly during those days at Newcastle, was as someone who obviously, as everyone knows, a heart, heart on his sleeve kind of character. And um, I just kind of thought, Putting him as the sort of central character of this, what became a sort of um, space odyssey, just fe- he just felt like somebody who would, to me, he always seemed like someone who was a good man who would always want to do the right thing, who would prize things like sort of loyalty and friendship and 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 doing the right thing. And I kind of thought if I can take that sort of uh, fictionalized character and, and and put it in this scenario, it might be might be interesting.
3: So you then say then took came up with this kind of complete world, whereas you were more or less working in Kevin's world, and he would kind of comment on players and things that were going on and. Things of the moment. This you've had to in, in kind of invent this this whole new world, have you?
7: Yeah, it kind of um, it sort of tells tells a sort of continuing story, really. So um, it started off as just sort of a, sort of a slightly throwaway sort of uh, what would it be like if Kevin Keegan was managing a team in space, and then from that, yeah, it sort of extrapolated into. We've all example, wondered um, it. His... We've all wondered it <laughs> at the, some time, Scott. No, Don't claim <laughs> it to be original. <laughs> <laughs> I just put it in the, yeah, the limelight, that's all. But, um, but yeah, it became a sort of a, a rolling cast of characters and um, a story with sort of stakes and cliffhangers, and people seemed to sort of really, really get into it, which was just fantastic. And uh, yeah.
4: Palant Brilliant. Yes. Palin- the distant A Palin- bit like Patagonia, but sort of palangonia. That's not bad. Yeah, retrospective,
7: retrospectively, I wish I'd picked something different. I think it was one of those sort of... Because it was, it was such a throwaway, throwaway idea, I just sort of picked something randomly. Whereas I
3: wish I'd put a bit more thought into it now, this far down the line, but uh, never mind. It sounds like a sort of name <laughs> they would have used in the Marx Brothers. It, it's got that kind of feel to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, maybe sort of duck soup, one of the ones they didn't go with in the end. But... um <laughs> But, yeah, so uh, what have you – I mean, I see uh, Keith Gillespie and Gary Lineker and others uh, follow you. They like to find out what Kevin's up to in space, Um, which is quite interesting. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Keith played under – Keith Gillespie played under him. Um, Yeah. And um, I was going to say, has Kevin seen it? Are you aware – are you aware that – you haven't had a cease and desist from him, have you? (laughs)
7: He's actually. He's, I don't know about the book, book, but certainly the Twitter account. He um he did a little video about four or five years ago um, for a broadcaster where he read out a few of the tweets and really enjoyed it. So oh, that, was, good. that was a huge thrill. And then he, when he brought out his own um, autobiography about 18 months ago, I uh, went to a, a book signing um, and sort of plucked up the courage to introduce myself and said, I'm, I'm this guy. And he kind of said, oh, I've heard, you know, I've heard all about it. People often ask me about it. And he was lovely about it. You know, I, he, I was, there was a part of me that worried he might, he might knock me out, but um, no, he, he couldn't have been more gracious and, and understanding about it. Because although it's, you know, it's a, a comedy account, it's, it's, I I hope it's treated him with a lot of affection. I'm, I'm a huge yeah. fan of his. I'm from Doncaster, the same as him. You know, he's, he's a huge kind of cult figure up there and, and, you know, it's it's very much done with love.
3: I mean, it's, it's, it is, it's not, it's, it's you know, he gets, he gets bits wrong now and again. You say, I was a big fan of the new Bond theme in 2020. I said to Billy Davis, sure, you weren't the obvious choice for it. And let's be frank, the Premier League season you had with Derby was a disgrace, but credit where it's due. <laughs> <laughs> <It's just, laughs> forgot about that one. <laughs> Ke- Kevin, is Kevin just getting things ever so slightly like, wrong? But I think, yeah, yeah affa- affectionate, I think is probably a very, good, a very good way to put it. It doesn't make him, it doesn't paint him into a, a bad character, certainly. No, and is, in the it, book, it's
7: it's it's you know it's almost sort of making him one of the you know potential savior of the galaxy kind of thing is the idea. Well, of course, really, so yeah, more important. High praise. Yeah.
4: I <laughs> I tried to find an old clip last week, but it uh, doesn't seem to exist. The older uh, uh, Kevin Keegan with Winnie the Pooh uh, a yeah. clip that Paul and I absolutely love. It's oh, uh, I've never seen it. It's basically that. oh, it's incredible. He but he he basically is giving Winnie some sort of instructions, yeah. but he takes it far too seriously. This bloke yeah. like a <laughs> Big paper mache head on, like massive, and he's yeah. saying to him, "Head the ball down, Winnie. Head it down, yeah. like you would like a normal
3: striker." Well, it's it's obviously Disney Club, the old kids Disney Club, and Kevin's there, and and they've got Goofy lining up, and Chipmunks, and 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 Winnie the Pooh, and others. And uh, yeah, and he's throwing the ball at them, they're kicking it and and as he says, as Andy said, you know, at one point uh, Winnie does try and head the ball, but he has got a big honey pot on his head <laughs> as well. But and, and Kevin, Kevin like, so no head it down, Winnie. It's like he's working with Bill Shankly again. It's just <laughs> yeah. it, it's a mad clip. It's fantastic. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll it doesn't control. exist though, unfortunately.
7: He did, did an advert with um, I think an advert when he was at Newcastle for um with the honey monster I seen trying to remember, like a breakfast cereal advert. So oh, I think yeah. that oh, yeah. plus Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, yeah. this is kind of Putting him in space yeah. is quite vanilla, really, compared to that.
3: <laughs> so, um, where can people uh, buy the book, Scott?
7: Uh, it's available in sort of all the usual places as either a paperback or an ebook—sort um, of Amazon, Waterstones, uh, Blackwells—or I, I think at the moment, if, if uh, I would say if, if your local independent bookshop has an online presence, I think that you know they're really struggling at the moment with the lockdown. If uh, if they're able to get a copy for you, that might be a great thing to explore as well. The
2: Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport.
3: Walksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Now, uh, people have been reacting differently uh, and maybe uncharacteristically in uh, lockdown at times over the last couple of months. Some people are drinking too much, other people are going out and buying velour tracksuits. Uh, let's find out uh, which route Jacob Hawley, comedian, has gone down. Good afternoon, Jacob. Oh, afternoon, mate. How are you? Not too bad. I take it you are mate, drinking too good. much anyway, but you have definitely bought a velour <laughs> tracksuit. Can you confirm <laughs> <Yeah>. that? <laughs>
8: When you said you wanted me to talk to you today, I didn't know if it was because I've got a new podcast that I want to promote, or whether it's because I've bought a Velour tracksuit,
3: so I'm very <laughs> happy that it's the latter. Well, look, we'll start with that, <laughs> well, and then we'll work yeah. our way on to your <laughs> podcast, but let's, let's, let's focus on that just for now. Um, well, listen,
8: it, I, I'm sure I'm not the only person who, I know the rules are we only buy essential items, blah, 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 but... I think everyone's been buying a load of weird rubbish just to sort of entertain themselves. My my missus has bought a tongue scraper. Um, (laughs) One one of my neighbours has bought a rubber dinghy and they've left that outside their flat for for whenever (laughs) that becomes appropriate. Um, (laughs) We've got yeast for making homemade wine. I mean girlfriend's pregnant so she can't drink at the moment, so I don't know what she's gonna do with that when she makes it but <laughs> so yeah, velour tracksuit tracks it seemed like the logical next step to be honest with you.
3: It it looks like is it is it burgundy or is it wine? And what did it say on the on the box when it turned up? What <laughs> colour is it? <laughs> It said on the box, you must be mental. When it... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
8: For Lua, it said, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's... It's, uh, no, it's, 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 a bur- it's a burgundy. It's, a, it's oh, on right, my okay. Twitter account. Nice. It's, mm. it's a burgundy if anyone wants to have a look. I had some guy take... I've had a lot of attention. There was a lot of people taking the mick out of the track seat. Yeah. And then there's a lot of people taking the mick out of my feet as well. Off your feet?
3: Okay, I've not noticed that. Yeah. What, what? Okay, right. How I mean, they're long, aren't they? <laughs> quite long feet. Maybe <laughs> it's the camera. Long and thin. Could be the camera angle, maybe. I don't know.
8: They're long, they're thin, they're quite brown at the moment. And also, mm. people don't... I don't think people... Really, I've got tattoos on my toes, which is a mistake I made when I was quite young. But right. um, I think people might be confusing that for hair. <laughs> oh,
3: so I see. It's, Very Very hairy,
8: hairy toes.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
8: glad. I'm glad, I'm glad the track so garish because it is drawing the ice slightly further away from my weird feet. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah.
4: Where where did you get it from? Did, was it sort of Amazon or something like that? Did you just sit on there. I wonder where you'd get such an ASOS.
3: item like this. Asos. ASOS. Oh yeah. Of course. For, for anyone okay.
8: keen, it's an Asos job. I got I got twenty percent off. Yeah, I didn't pay full price. Um, we just
3: we wondered whether it was Tesco, and you actually asked for six bottles of uh, large Pepsi Max, <laughs> and they sent you a Velour tracksuit <laughs> as a sub- <laughs> as a substitution. <laughs> it's one of them
8: where the delivery driver got it mixed. Up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it, 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 I mean I, I managed about forty minutes in it when I first bought it before I became too hot and sweaty and I had to take it yeah. off. So it's it's an investment for
4: colder times, really. Oh yeah, it's a winter item, the Velour it tracksuit. Yeah. Now
3: let's <laughs> talk about your podcast because. Um, uh, you know, like a lot of comedians. Uh, loose end at the moment, you've obviously had a lot of gigs called off. I know you've been doing a couple of yeah. online gigs as well, but um, was that, I mean, this is it's kind of virus-related, the podcast, isn't it?
8: Yeah, slightly. It's called uh, Jacob Hawley's Job Centre, and it, it sort of focuses on two things. It's, it's creatives and entertainers who have to find a new way of sort of keeping going, whether that's people like Nish Kumar who had to make the mass report in his bedroom or... Ian Sterling, who's, who's now on Twitch playing FIFA for people rather than doing gigs. So it's, it's partly that and then it's partly key workers sort of talking about what they're doing at the moment and how their work sort of become more important than the work of entertainers. So, yeah, it, it was one of those things where, I, you know, it's all anyone's talking about at the moment, what's going on. And I, I was one of those people who was left not knowing what to do in terms of my job. And I just thought it's quite interesting the way that, you know, on a Thursday every night, people are going out and applauding key workers now, when it used to be that, you know, we'd be applauding entertainers, creatives, people doing stuff like that. And I, I, th- I think the playing field has changed slightly. And I think it's changed for the better. So I kind of yeah. wanted to document
4: that.
3: Oh, interesting. Yeah, that, so. that's
4: true. But you wouldn't like it if your next gig people didn't applaud or do anything. Sorry, I'm saving it for the carers. You, know, you want a yeah. bit of both, do you? Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind that's kind of what we get
8: to. We, this, this, You know, there, there's not necessarily like a conclusion we get to, but it, it's sort of a, a lot of the key workers are saying, you know, at the same time, we, we need a bit of relief and a bit of entertainment. We need something to cheer us up and make us laugh. So comedy and, and entertainment and all those kind of things, they are going to be needed when all this is over.
3: Sure, absolutely. I mean, it must You used you the mention there in passing that you... That your girlfriend is pregnant at the moment, and you know it's mm. uh, sort of worrying times for everybody. You say you're finding yourself at the moment not able to do the work you want to do. She's yeah, she's true. having a baby and stuff. It is. I mean, joking aside, it's it's sort of scary stuff, isn't it? Yeah, mate.
8: Absolutely. Look, I, I don't I, I don't I feel sorry for myself at all. There's there's a lot of people in worse situations than me. Um, you know, I've got colleagues in from comedy who've had to go and, you know, just give it all up and go and get a day job, which, you know, absolutely fair enough. I'd I'd do the same thing if I needed to. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people struggling right now, and I think there's probably a lot of people in a similar situation to me who, you know, you've got bills to pay, you've got a mouth to feed soon, and, and it, it sort of forces you to think of new ways to, to get an income, you know, and, that, and that's kind of how the podcast came about. It's When all this kicked off, it was that sort of, like, fight, flee, or freeze thing. I had a few days where I just, you know, the calendar just emptied in a matter of hours and I didn't know what to do. But eventually you think of ways of going, Okay, what can I do to make this work? What can I do to, you know, to still provide and pay the rent and all those kind of things? So, yeah, it's tough times, but you've got to make the best out of it.
4: Sure. Yeah. I wonder if there will be any outdoor gigs, uh, you know, while the weather's still very nice in the next couple of months. Because mm. you could have acts coming on one side of the stage, exiting the other side of the stage, a social distance crowd. I mean, the trouble is, it's the economics of it, isn't it? Whether it works financially.
8: Well, it, yeah, it is. And it, I was actually talking um, to a guy called Stephen Grant. I don't know if you guys know him. Yeah, we know right Stephen. Anyway. Yeah, big uh, fan. Yeah. You know. yeah. And he 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 reckons that's what it's going to be. He reckons it's going to be outdoor first because you can socially distance, so you can get people in and out, uh, you know, quickly and easily, and and control it and all that. So that that's a possibility. I've, I've seen mm. people talking about drive-through comedy nights. Yeah. Um, I I've, I've, I did an online gig last night called Always Be Comedy, and you know they, they do it quite smart actually. It's like a Zoom call where there's sort mm. of fifteen people who we as the performers can see and hear, so you do get laughter and stuff. But then he had about 350 people watching it as well. So, you know, there are... there's, there's, there's What I'm trying to say is there's an appetite for it and people still want to see comedy. And I think... I, I mean, I don't think I'm going to gig again this year, so I think people are going to have to get creative, whether that's outdoor, whether it's drive through whatever. But, yeah, something will have to happen.
3: The driving comedy will be quite difficult to work the crowd, won't it? Or you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you well, you the in the Volkswagen. Yeah, the blue Volkswagen. No, not that one. The blue, the one behind you, the blue Volkswagen. Yeah. Or a police car. What do you do, mate? Yeah.
8: <laughs> the, 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 the sound of car horns is going to be the new sort of standing ovation. That, that's going to yeah. be what you want to get. You want to get a whole car park peeping their horns at you. That well, means you've had a good gig. I, I don't know. Uh, all of us we've we've got a this is sort of what i'm trying to say with the podcast we're going to have to get creative we are going to have to think of new ways of doing it but also you have to put it into perspective there's a, there's a lot of people who've been either really sick or they've lost their lives and there's there's other people who do much more important stuff than us who are who are working a lot harder than us at the moment so yeah i, I think with, with all of it it's, it's just trying to keep your work going keep creative try and do as much comedy as you can but try and remember you're not the most important people in the world
3: no, that's very true. The um, uh, yeah. on the on the football front, I mean, it looks like we're going to have to war football very soon. I mean, have, have you been missing it? Are you looking forward to it coming back? You're a big Arsenal fan, aren't you? Big Arsenal,
8: yeah. I'm kind of torn. I mean, it, I, I might be speaking selfishly just because we we're having such an awful season, but I, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we just drew a line under it. For me. <laughs> but I, it, it's a tough one because on on the one hand, I've I've seen like players like Troy Deeney talking about not wanting to put his family at risk, and you completely understand that. But I think, you know, the big problem is the clubs, if, if they don't continue to play, they're going to owe the TV money back to the to the broadcasters. And then, you know, it, Arsenal will be fine. But the, the likes of Bournemouth and stuff, you, you worry about them as clubs. So they're going to have to play. But, I mean, I've been watching the Bundesliga. And, God, it, you know, after a while, you, you're like, this, this is even slower than a pre-season friendly. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, you you wonder how it's going to get that intensity, especially because within a week or two, Liverpool will have won the league. I don't think there's going to be much more to play for, especially if they get rid of relegation. You're going to have a lot of games that essentially mean nothing. There's no one watching yeah, they, they,
4: they won't get rid of
3: relegation. Well, if they,
8: that will they they'll. It, yeah.
4: and and you'd be surprised. Europe, the games will count. They will
8: count. Games will count, but that's that's as so long as the championship goes ahead. right? If the championship does go ahead, then they can do promotion and relegation. That's, I don't think that's confirmed yet, is it?
3: Not definitely. Like I they, they're th- looking to get it. I on think and I think they'll they'll they'll, they'll yeah, find they'll a they'll way. Do re- yeah. Even
4: without the championship, they'll do relegation. They'll they'll do weighted uh, uh, sort of games and points and that sort of thing. I don't think they'll they'll let it go. And I I think we were saying the other day that you know when when it came to a game like um, Dortmund against Bayern where the quality was high and the intensity was high, mm. it was actually a really 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 good game. So I wouldn't write it off yet. I think it might be better than you think.
8: No, I I agree. Look, don't get me wrong. Dortmund against Bayern, brilliant. But then there was also I don't know what nine or ten other games which not many of us were watching, innit? And
4: who cares? Because you're not a you're not a fan. You're not German. You're not a fan of German football. (laughs) You might be. I
8: don't know. (laughs) Let's let's see how many are tuning in to watch the mid-table English teams. But don't get me wrong. I mean, my problem is that basically Arsenal are now a mid-table English team. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have nothing to play for. Uh, Yeah, obviously I want it back, but I just want it done properly. And the thing is, it doesn't stop being funny, the idea of Liverpool not winning the league. (laughs) If comedy's over for the summer, at least let us
3: have that. I think think you're fine. It's going to get sorted. But, Jacob, good to talk to you. We can find your Job Centre podcast. It's on BBC Sounds, isn't it, and elsewhere. BBC
8: Sounds everywhere. I should get your podcast, yeah. And in the meantime, I'll be enjoying my tracksuit. So nice yeah. to see you, Brilliant. gentlemen. Don't get too <laughs> close to well the done. fire in it, will you? Make sure. <laughs> don't get near a naked flame.
3: <laughs> you could go up. Uh, cheers, Jacob. All the best.
2: Cheers, boys. Bye. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. The Talk sport Clips of the Week.
3: Well, kind of, because uh, we're going to take you back to 2003. Uh, one of our top team, uh, James Masterson at Sport has unearthed some old mini discs from uh, the early yes, 2000s. well done, James. We, we thank him for that, and uh, they are kind of they're kind of raw clips with no intros, and so our producer John has uh, gone back and, and given them fresh intros. And uh, so we're hearing these from the first for the first time since uh, 2003. So we should dive in, Andy. So I hope you enjoy them. Here we go okay me yeah yeah you go
4: for it oh right sorry about that we start with mike parry talking about the transfer window that's that that email just reiterates what i've been trying to tell people all morning that the transfer market now transfer deals it's a can of spaghetti infested by worms and snakes don't put
3: your hand into it (laughs) 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 a a can of spaghetti
5: Infected by words.
3: As you discover every Wednesday and have during (laughs) lockdown, he's changed a lot. He's a much more coherent broadcaster, much more careful with his words uh, these days. Uh, Alan Brazil now out on the road with a time check. I can't believe there's 40 television stations. And we're talking about around uh, time-wise, around 12.30 GM TV time. GM TV time. 12.30, time. it's off the air by then, isn't it? <laughs> well, doesn't he sound young? Sounds like the boy Brazil, doesn't it? He
4: Hello. does very much. Yeah. Here's uh, Keith Arthur now, Fisherman's Blues, with news of a catch. Uh, Andy Kinder drew MPEG and he had a lovely day. 14 pound of roach on hemp. What,
6: oh,
5: I him say, okay. the, <laughs> was that the bait or
4: was that, was that your mate? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, not good, I'd love, good, to, is love it? to
3: know. Uh, this is Tony Cascarino talking about West Ham striker Freddie Canute. Don't see Canute, if he is at West Ham next year, really need pulling his weight or pulling his uh, rolling his arms up.
1: <laughs> oh, he rolling your arms up.
3: Cast doesn't sound any different, does he? Sounds, no, he he's, sounds great. He's not aged at all. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Back to Mike Parry now, lending a sympathetic ear to a guest.
3: you were a drug in, uh, sort of drug soaked uh, homeless individual. No future, no hope, probably oblivion was facing you. But because of this scheme that's backed by the FA, the um, the, the street football, you've actually been resurrected. God. Made him feel special. Drug <laughs> were You were, soaked. Touch.
4: You were touch.
3: a wreck. Yeah, thanks Mike. Uh, here's a very youthful Andrew McKenna. I think Ant Macca's listening this afternoon with the sports oh, news. Oh good. The Manchester City manager Kevin Keegan has admitted he's interested in bringing Steve McManaman back to the Premiership. McManaman only has one year left on his contract with Real Madrid. <laughs>
5: Oh yeah. Well, yeah, of uh, yeah.
3: You can probably guess uh, what you know. We did love a good music montage even 17 years ago. <laughs> a man and man.
0: Man man. Man man.
3: I think we've it's slightly upped the production values of the music numbers. <laughs> really, yeah. Since maybe the technology's improved. <laughs> Mike Parry again proving that another thing that hasn't changed in 17 years is his recollection of lyrics as he looked forward to a studio visit from Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> like a banana hell, wanna... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh God! Do you oh, remember we interviewed? He was a, uh, he was a strange to interview, wasn't he? Meatloaf, he was tricky. Oh, mate, yeah, thought, oh, he was
3: quite hard work. Oh. I, ch- I want to. Can we? Can we hear Mike again, Billy? Is that possible? That was bizarre. Let's try and listen to the second line. Here we go. Like a banana of hell, wanna... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're not even attempting to
4: make up the lyrics. He just mouthing. He words. Know them, that's why yeah. Wasn't sticking? With, and sticking with things that haven't changed. Here's Alan Brazil talking tennis and having a Sylvester the Cat moment. Davis Cup would have a lot to answer for because you have
3: fervent support at Davis Cup matches. Davis David, David David Cup. David Cup. <laughs> Cup. Deepest depth. Back to Cass. Honestly. Talking about Nottingham Forest on loan striker Darren Huckabee. That's Darren Huckabee. Well well, Chris, I mean last year you had no problem scoring goals, did you? You you know, scoring regular Marlon
0: came on yeah. well. Marlon,
3: yeah. Just in, in, I mean even Huckleberry come and livened you up towards the end, didn't he? <laughs>
4: Hucklebury Pounding the defence. <laughs> One of, <laughs> of them of course it? he was. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. <laughs> Big out again, who probably should have proofread the name of this texter.
3: And finally this is Shy Ted from Leicester.
4: That's, Ted was very shy He used to get in touch a lot He was a very shy man was Ted uh, Returning to tennis
3: And this time Mike Parry f- Reflecting on a big name guest Now look, Tim Hammond did come in here You're right, I rub my eye over him What? Really? That, that, you couldn't do that with the social distancing
4: I
5: rub my eye Not over really. him but What about And
3: the,
4: the tennis discussion Didn't stop there
3: in England, it's an elite sport. That's why we'll never produce any winners. After all, we can't have the lower classes playing tennis, can we? That's Gary. Uh, he says he's uh, Galileo or something. But anyway, that's, uh, that's Gary.
4: <laughs>
5: Galileo. Galileo got
3: in touch. <laughs> it's on another planet, obviously. I think it certainly, is. And finally, <laughs> Tony Cascarino again, returning to the subject of Nottingham Forest. Paul Hart has been a very shrewd manager in in trying to mix the the young lads, and he's added a bit of I think uh, you know a bit of experience as, as well. It's just it's coming in with the likes of uh, Bergs, uh, Donna Summer, uh, and you know, and one or two others. <laughs> I don't remember Donna Summit joining Nottingham <laughs> Forest, do you? I don't either, not at all. No, that was uh, very odd. Anyway, there we are. We, c- we can't thank you because it was a long time ago. and We didn't <laughs> we <don't laughs> we know who it was. It would of- Barrington.
4: Glenn Barrington would be yeah, in there, I reckon.
3: He probably would be, that's right. So have you heard one of yours in there? Thank you. Uh, 2003. I think we've got a few more old ones. So we'll, we'll, we'll continue those for a week or so. So I hope you're enjoying those. Anyway, should we have a bit of striker? We've got time. I think we can squeeze one in. Um, And this is Steve Bruce's striker, the fantastic murder mystery story. And uh, we pick it up today, uh, episode 45. We rejoin uh, Steve. Uh, Lettersford town manager Steve Barnes has just been stopped by two police officers who caught him speeding on his way home from a dodgy nightclub where he found his striker, Jimmy Lawson, taking part in illegal activities.
5: They knew full well who I was. Everybody in the north of England and far beyond must have read the newspapers, heard the radio or watched the Gogglebox. Hang on, Gogglebox didn't come on the telly for years. Anyway, finally they agreed that I might proceed. I pulled away, turned down the Saddleworth Road and soon joined the motorway going west. I reached home much later than anticipated. Susan was full of questions, the children were worried too. I spent an hour consoling them, assuring them I was fine. I finally sat down with Susan and Bill for the evening meal. I slept late but I woke very early the next morning. There was much to do but I did not skimp what is, in many respects, the most important meal of the day. I enjoyed breakfast of porridge, toast and marmalade and a banana with mixed dried fruit. A cup of chamomile tea was the perfect accompaniment. I decided to wear tracksuit and trainers. That's the kind of decision I make regularly. What I did not know on this Wednesday morning was it was a decision that was going to affect me crucially. Put it this way, it proved to be a matter of life and death. I took out the jag. A motor car, driven at speed, slewed across in front of me, making it impossible for me to get out of the drive. Two men jumped out. I jumped out of the jag. I was unhappy. Peed off. I've edited that. This is ridiculous, I said. More than that, it's harassment. Get in the car, the tall guy ordered. Now, wait a minute. Get in the bloody car, he repeated. No. I'd decided they were not going to shove me around. I'm a free-born citizen of this country, and I was not going to accept this. However, the guy had something to persuade me. He took a pistol from his pocket and pointed it at my gut. Now will you get in the motor car, he said. His voice soft, but filled with menace. Blimey. He's, been, he's been, pointed a pistol been,
3: at his gut. It was quite a big target, really. <laughs> oh, a bit arse. <laughs> Bit harsh. Uh, also, I think Steve, should, if he's on, he's on a murder charge. You should get used to porridge, shouldn't he? He enjoyed, but just, it was great to know he enjoyed a breakfast of porridge, toasted and marmalade, and a banana with mixed dried fruit. That's the level of detail you get from a Steve Bruce murder mystery. He doesn't strike me as a chamomile tea man either, really. Well, I, I, it's the second time he's come up in the book, along with the Jag, of course, the
2: ubiquitous Jag. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport.
3: Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport. Well, um, your football fix until Wednesday the 17th of June. um, You could certainly be watching the first team tonight. It is a new uh, football sitcom. And I think all of the episodes will be available after the first one goes out tonight. Uh, It's been created by the guys that gave us the in-betweeners. Ian Morris and Damon Beasley. I believe we have Damon. Uh, I'm not quite sure we've got... Oh, we've got Ian. We've got them both. That's fantastic. Oh, good. good afternoon, Good afternoon, guys. Hi, afternoon. Hi. How are you doing? Yeah, we're good. We're good, thanks. <laughs> Ian sounds like he's about
9: five miles away. Yeah, he <laughs> <I've>, says. <laughs>
4: I'm very he's close. J- I'm right. Yes. I'm, oh, yeah, there I'm you are.
3: Si- I'm in, uh, I'm just down in, I'm in Southwark. I'm in Southwark. Oh. So very, very close by. <laughs> very close by. That's good. So, guys, uh, we'll, I'll kick off with you, Damon. Um, how long has this been kind of in the making? When did you for, you guys first have an idea to do a football sitcom?
0: Well, the the sort of slightly shameful answer is about ten years ago. Wow. So it's taken us a long time, but yeah, that's it's been in the pipeline since then. But we've recently found a space to do it. Um, but yeah, we we started thinking about it when we were doing the in between. As an Ian, uh, had a chance encounter with Damien Delaney, so he could probably tell you a bit more about that, can you, Ian?
9: If you want me to. Yeah, I sat next to. Uh, <laughs> I, sat next to uh, I mean, I, I suppose, suppose that's the point of being here. Yeah? yeah, I'll give it a go. I could just let no. I'll go. I will tell you go so I sat next to Damien Delaney on a plane randomly um, mm. on a flight to LA, and it was like an eleven and a bit hour flight. And uh, it was the day after the season had ended, and I just got chatting to him, and I found you know his life and what he did during the day, and you know how he thought about the future and what he was going to do and stuff, so interesting you know just a, a, quite apart from the fact that he played professional football just the, the amount of time he had in his hands and how he used that time um kind of inspiring you know and then we talked about you know the in us really was a lot about male insecurity and men being worried about things and you know what it is to be a boy growing up and stuff And we thought I wonder if we can do a slightly slightly older version of that so that was that was kind of where it came from really
3: yeah, Damon. It does tell the story of sort of three young lads, a new player coming from the states into a, a, a sort of fictional Premier League side, and trying to make friends. And that's the start. But again, it's a bit, a bit similar to the in uh, between as you write well, obviously, with those sort of small groups of young guys, and, and that's what you've done this time.
0: Yeah, I think as Ian was sort of mentioning, we we were thinking about what we what was funny about those boys in the in-betweeners. And I think that kind of like those fault lines between sort of male insecurity and friendship and, 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 you know, being in new environments, growing up well, this, the football dressing room sort of had all that with the younger characters, but I guess the opposite to the in-betweeners who could say anything really, because nobody listened to them. They had no power. These guys in a, you know, young footballers, they're scrutinized every move is scrutinized. I mean, they can't say anything really. So that there's, st- they're similarly just like you know daft young lads who've grown up loving football and now are getting paid for it, but uh, you know they've got to watch their step. And I guess that's what we're trying to explore with the comedy is they have a lot of free time on their hands, but they really can't do too much with that because you know the second they do something that's that you know might backfire on them if there's any bad behaviour, they could be they could have their careers ruined. I mean it's you know so it's a tightrope for them. And Ian, one of the things
4: about the in-between is the chemistry between the guys that cast. <laughs> so I presume the casting of this was pretty important. And uh, you've got some quite top actors in this, haven't you? Will Arnett and uh, Chris Gere, wasn't it, from... He uh, was in yeah. Modern Family, I saw him. So, yeah, some, amongst others. Tell us about
9: the casting process. Yeah, no, well, we've been incredibly lucky, really, which is that um, a few people quite like the work we've done previously. So they kind of trust you to give them one shot at something else. Um, so Will really liked Damon's show White Gold and uh, got in touch and, so, and said, oh, you know, if there's any, ever anything we can do together. And we, you know, we wanted to write an American chairman and we were like, well, let's, let's see if Will will do it. And he just said yes straight away. So that was good. And Chris Gear, I mean, I worked with Chris on a show called Ill Behaviour that we produced for um, the BBC and then he worked in my film The Festival uh, and then I basically had a rule of trying to get Chris Gere into everything I possibly could because I think he's so funny. Hmm. So... So that was, you know, just like, you know, just so far this is time number three. And I don't know, I mean, not many people saw the festival, but if you did see the festival, after what we made Chris Gere do in the festival, I'm kind of amazed that he came back. <laughs> but his <attracted laughs> a, a huge part of this. So it's, uh, yeah. so it's great.
3: And, Damon, sort of upstairs in the production, you had Tom Werner, didn't you, at, at Liverpool, the chairman who, who's got a real track record in telly in the States.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much Liverpool fans know about Tom, Tom other than, you know they canonize him or practically but he uh-huh. you know he, he he's responsible for such a sort of back catalog of brilliant shows and uh, and he's running two of the you know most successful sports franchises in on the planet at the moment and so we were unbelievably lucky to get him to want to be involved in the show but he also was involved in a way that I mean he really worked hard I'd say we were getting casting tapes sent to us that we would sort of get round to in a day or two looking at. And we'd get emails from Tom, you know, as well as season was in mid-flow saying, oh, I've watched all these casting tapes, here's all my notes. And we were like, well, this is looking making us look bad, isn't it? So he's really engaged and he's a, he's, a, you know, he's a brilliant comedy producer and a, a great man, I'd say. You've got some uh, cameos from people playing
4: themselves, pretty high level. So that must have taken a bit of <laughs> Tell us some of the people in that you've got in the show and how you got a hold of them.
9: Well, we managed to get the voices of uh, Hawkspin and Jacobs a few times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, um, well, that wouldn't have come cheap. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Jurgen Klopp. People of that ilk. Oh, <laughs> uh, OK. Well, you know, it's all important. Yeah, we managed... Well, again, Jurgen Klopp very kindly gave up uh, some time to do a little cameo for us, which was obviously... I mean, I'm sure Tom did that. And then, um, you know, again, BBC Sport... Through the, the whole BBC were very sort of joined up about the whole thing and really helpful. And BBC Sport were incredibly helpful and supportive. And so they would sort of throw our you know, jokey, rubbish set-up scripts in front of Sally Nugent or Gary Lineker and they would just read them <laughs> incredibly kindly. And then, you know, because I think the idea was we never named the club and we never say who the club is, but we wanted it to feel like it's definitely a top-level you British club. And so you, or English club, really, and then, and you know, but you want the world around it to feel real. So we shot, you know, real crowds and we shot, you know, real stadiums and stuff. We wanted to make sure that everything else felt kind of, you know, authentic. And that's having people like Gary Lineker and Sally Nugent and, and yourselves take part really added to the, making it feel like it's embedded in the real world.
3: That's David, good. I see one of, one of your main protagonists talked up his friendship with a uh, an England and Man City player. <laughs> and, and, you and you and Ian were a touch sceptical that you thought he was probably having you on. But then, <laughs> then the player turned up, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he did. So this is you're talking. This is Shaquille, uh, mm, yeah. is the actor who's playing Benji Achebe. and he told us at the audition that he'd run the script by his footballer friend, and we thought oh, he's just trying to, you know, impress us, which he did. And then we asked which footballer was it, and he said, "Oh, it's uh, uh, Raheem," <laughs> with a question mark at the end of it, like we might <laughs> oh, yeah, have got okay. Raheem, We're like, Raheem Sterling, the, like the most well-known footballer in the country, and it was. And so, yeah, they're very good friends. And Raheem turned up actually one night. I mean, this goes probably as a bit of a good example of uh, footballers having time on their hands. It was a Sunday night and we were in Chester filming and it was miserable. And we were in a Costco and it was about sort of 7.30 in the evening and at the end of filming day, we we got a tap on the shoulder and the assistant director was saying, Shaq's out the back and he would like to introduce you to Raheem. And we just thought, well, this is a wind-up. So we were like, well, tell him the grown-ups are busy. We're just sorting stuff out. <laughs> and then five minutes later when we walked out there there was Shaq with Raheem waiting really patiently. So it was embarrassing and thrilling at the same time meeting him. But, um, yeah, I, was, I, I mean, I would I say to Ian, I would never have driven 30 miles on a wet and windy Sunday night to meet one of my mates who was doing some work out the back of a Costco. So, you yeah, know, fair place to him. <laughs> It is. Ian, did
4: you berate him for leaving QPR as a youngster? <laughs> well, do you know what? It's the first thing
9: I said. I felt quite awkward about it, actually. i was like, oh, I'm a QPR fan. You know, oh, no. And I was like, no, no, thank you, because I think you are, you know, the second highest transfer fee we've had was when he went from Liverpool to Man City, was the sort of sell-on fee, so I was delighted. Again, I'm, I'm very, I'm so positive about everything that comes with QPR, I was delighted that, he, you know, there was a sell-on fee, and QPR got some money, and it was all good. So, um, again, he was—he couldn't have been nicer. Like well. extraordinary, like really, really lovely, and, and nice. He was and great. Just, yeah, it was kind of yeah, it's great. Uh, he's just—he's uh,
0: just messaged about the show actually on his Instagram. So, oh, right? Did he? Oh, crikey, yeah. Here. So we're not lying. That's what oh, I wanted okay. to say. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good news. Damien, you are an Arsenal
3: fan. We've just heard that football is back on, uh, uh, we yeah. understand, 17th of May, and you're going to be yep. one of the first up against City. Yeah, that's nice to know it's a
0: guaranteed loss, isn't it? I, was yeah. just, I, was, I really enjoyed watching old football matches when Arsenal were good and knowing the score and the result. It's so much less stressful than watching it's Arsenal now. <laughs> Absolutely so this true. Was really, yeah, it's a bit of a I double yesterday. sort of yeah, I said to yesterday,
9: Damon. I was like, I was like, they're going to announce the Premier League because of the whole Dominic Cummings thing. They just need something <laughs> else. They're going, to, they're going to rush the Premier League, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, it that doesn't work. It'll be aliens, have aliens
0: come, have landed. Yeah, it's
9: literally the only thing. Like the only thing that could have shifted the Dominic Cummings thing would be bringing back the Premier League.
3: <laughs> so <laughs> first true. one, first one tonight, guys. Remind us uh, when and what time. Nine thirty-two. Okay, fantastic, and uh, you can download them all uh, after you've watched the first one and binge on them, I understand, is that right? This is very much the way, the
0: modern way. uh, Um, Yeah, you can on BBC iPlayer, they're all there as a box set, Uh, please carry on watching them, because I think like anything, the first episode's always the one where you're setting up characters and getting to know the world, and I think you can really enjoy those characters as you get through the season, and there's some great episodes further down the line as well, so hopefully, you know, people will box set that and and see it all tonight,
3: (laughs) And a Brilliant. good old-school Vinny-like hard man, Petey, in the dressing room. I did enjoy <laughs> his... That's a nice... That must be a nice role for the actor, I think. A lot of fun to
0: play. I think it is. Yeah, it's one have, of those ones... It's a lot of fun to write. Go. You know, yeah. the monsters are always the fun ones to write, because mm. you get to say some terrible things. But, um, yeah, no, Theo, who's playing him, is, I mean, absolutely superb. I think he's got the right mix of sort of terrified... I mean, terrifying and also terrified. A man at the end of his career, you know, he's raging against the dying of the light. And he sort of hates everyone (laughs) at the club that's not himself. And uh, yeah, so we've enjoyed enjoyed working on that, Gary.
9: Just like that terrible thing in football clubs, like that insecurity. Just like, you know, it's not like, you know, when you're writing a sitcom, they've got. Five young sitcom writers sitting outside the door going, Oh these guys, don't worry about these guys. they're also just they're also sitcom writers, they're just waiting for you. Don't worry, don't worry, they're just they're just outside, they're just doing their own thing. You know, <laughs> a football clubs. Yeah. you know, young players in your position are being brought in all the time and you're like, Oh god, this is it, isn't it? This is end oh
3: yeah. is the end. Oh, yeah, it's true, yeah. The Hawksby and
2: Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport.
3: So there we are, that was this afternoon's show. and um, we'll return tomorrow. Motty joins us, how Robson Carnu of uh, West Brom joins us as well and uh, lots more besides. Until then, uh, have a great evening and thanks for listening. You've
2: been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport